0: Okay, well, I'm Hank Blank, and I'm uh, pleased to be here today with Jennifer Byer-Anaya, who is uh, Vice President of Marketing for North America for Ingram Micro. Uh, Hello, Jennifer, how are you?
1: Hi, Hank, I'm great, thank you.
0: We've met in the past. I think it was at Rekha's Bear years and years and years ago.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, thanks for agreeing to be on this OC uh, podcast series. And I wanted to have somebody from the technology sector on the podcast because obviously Orange County, such a hotbed of technology. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of agencies I know in Orange County that uh, work in a B2B space. Um, now, I know that Ingram, let's talk a little bit about the company you sent me, this terrific infographic, which uh, says big, 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 big. <laughs> and uh, I was really surprised with some of these figures. 42 billion in revenue, yes, over 20,000 employees, sales in 160 countries. That's pretty amazing. And uh, you ship over 500 million units a year. UPS must love you.
1: <laughs> they do. <laughs> yes, FedEx, they all do. Uh, they all do, yeah, we yeah. keep them
0: busy. I bet. Uh, <laughs> so you currently are VP uh, Americas, which includes Canada, the United States, Latin America. Mm-hmm. And you have marketing globally for the technology solutions unit. And you have responsibility for branding and marketing communications. Seems like a huge job.
1: It is. It seems a fun like job. too
0: too big for one person to do all <laughs> that. You know. Oh,
1: there's. Trust me, I have an amazing team, and that's what matters is having the right people.
0: So, how big is your department?
1: We've got uh, just in our U.S. business, we have almost 200 people wow. that span across uh, three different offices. Here here, uh, Buffalo, New York, Yeah, I've heard Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. We have some folks in the field that are spread out, and then we've got folks in Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, uh, in Toronto, uh, Mississauga is where our Canadian yeah. headquarter office is.
0: My hometown, Toronto. Oh yeah? yeah? It's a great city. It is a great yeah, city.
1: Yeah, bad traffic though, it makes LA look Really uh, quiet, actually.
0: But you can think for so
1: much. Yeah, that's <is> true. <laughs> I'm like L.A.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, let's start a little bit too with your career path. I know you went to U.S.C. like Tori here, and uh, yeah. was we shooting the videos for Sparkhouse, and is the founder of Sparkhouse. And I know it's uh it's a small world because Tori's uh, previous partner. Brandon Camo is now at Ingram. He
1: is, And yeah.
0: his, his wife, Ollie, used to be an intern for me. Yep. And, and they're, uh, they're all here. So you started I- your career in um, PR, and then you transitioned to marketing. So do you want to kind of share a little bit about your journey?
1: Sure, yeah. It was a journey. That's a great word. <laughs> yes,
0: they always are.
1: <laughs> uh, I started my first job out of college was with K-Swiss. The tennis shoe company. Oh wow! And I had the fortune of being there while the company went public, and that was a wild ride. I got to learn a lot and work closely with the CFO and the CEO in that process. Um, and I transitioned into more of a field role and lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, for about six years, and then. Um, actually went in to work with some agencies there, got to work with Procter & Gamble a little bit and some other wow. local Cincinnati firms, a food service companies. So I had some diversity in my experience and then came back here to Southern California and jumped into technology at that point. So that was in, in about 96, 97. Well, what was the
0: appeal of technology for you? Because that must have been a man's world then.
1: I, yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I had met some really great people networking you're yep. a pro at that sure. <laughs> and a big a big proponent of that. And um, there was a, a position that was open at an agency that supported Toshiba at the time. Oh, wow. And so I, I did a stint there and then jumped into full-time role at um, New Horizons Computer Learning Centers, which was based here sure. in Santa Ana yeah. at the time headquarters. Yeah, I remember
0: the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're still around?
1: They are, they are still around. They're, um, they were a publicly traded company, I think, um, they went back to be private uh, company, franchise uh, computer training services. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah. So, you know, you, tell me a little bit, you know, you're obviously B2B marketing, so are there any keys to effective B2B marketing in your opinion?
1: Wow, um, keys. I, I would say that, you know, there are definitely some best practices that we've learned along the way. Um, one is great storytelling. I think, you know, it is a long lost art that uh, many of us have forgotten about in technology. Uh, we talk a lot about cool numbers and stats and, as we call it, speeds and feeds and all of that. But really what technology buyers care about are, what is this technology going to do for my business?
0: So is, are the stories about testimonials? or are they? Uh, can you elaborate a little yeah, bit, or can you share some?
1: Absolutely, they're they're really about a lot of different things. So, you know, just like in any business, and I think another sort of best practice is relationship building, and really understanding how to connect the right people together. But the stories are about you know what the technology can do for that business, and mm-hmm. what the outcome of that technology should be. So, what what will it create for that business, or what will it make? easier, either a a whole function of a company like customer service and automating certain parts of it or making that company more competitive because their customers are gonna have a better customer experience when they work with them. What is it that a a company should expect when they buy that technology solution? There's other stories too that we do around how our customers, and we call them partners, how they play a role in that technology and creating Credibility and trust around how that technology is implemented, and then ultimately, you know how it's maintained and used. So, um, because not a lot of people really understand the technology, it can kind of be a lot of smoke and mirrors until you really understand what who's behind it, what's behind it, and then what you need to expect from it.
0: So do you do a lot of content, you know, obviously content marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. Are they just really white papers that you used to do and I you call them content marketing? Or, no. or are they different?
1: No, I mean, would you read, sit down and read a, a 42 page white paper? Never. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the most technical people would read 42 pages. Not even page the biggest geek? They, they
0: don't have 20 of those, they no. take on a flight Buffalo. Go, no, no. I want to read
1: this. no, 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 I'd say it's really true storytelling, blogging, vlogging, um, we use a lot of video content. Um, there's some great, you know, kind of how-to types of things that we play around with. We've even used Instagram on some of our content marketing, and it's played really well too. Really, yeah.
0: Instagram would have uh-huh. never guessed. Yeah, would have never guessed B two B and, and with your target. So um, I, I know that you have an in-house agency. Uh, it's uh, I think the well I know the creative director, you and Pigeon. Yes. And. Uh, how, how big is that agency?
1: Well, um, I guess in revenue, if you were to sort of scope it out, we're just over $80 million size. Um, and we do lots and lots of projects from, uh, we help a lot of our customers rebrand themselves. So if you think, you know, back a couple years ago, customers in the technology space that were sort of in between uh, the companies that make the technology, and then the companies that are obviously buying it, they would um, they would really sort of show themselves as the technology that they're delivering. So I'm the Microsoft expert. I'm the Cisco expert or IBM expert. And it's been the last probably three to four years where they really found that they need to have a brand and an identity of who they are and what mm-hmm. they're about and what they can do to help that company again, really use that technology and get the outcome they should expect. So we've helped them completely, holistically rebrand their companies and even in some cases just take their logo that was maybe done in the 80s and and bring it up to a more modern look Mm -hmm. uh, with some more messaging and storytelling around who they are and what they're about. So we do a lot of that work. And then alternatively, we do similar type of work for a lot of the big manufacturers that you've heard of who need to connect better with the many sales channels that they they work with. So they do an amazing job in marketing to us as consumers. They do a great job in marketing internally, but they have these sales channels that need to also be an extension or what we call a force multiplier to their company. And they need to understand why they need to connect with that company and then how their own expertise reflects on what that company can then deliver down into.
0: So oh, your customers, goodness. as I understand, are VARs, right? What, what, what is a VAR? Oh, bar, you oh know?
1: yeah, so we have lots of acronyms in our, our world. I, technologists love acronyms. So yeah, there's VAR, the value added reseller is VAR.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: we have solution providers, uh, we have service providers, we have independent software vendors, ISBs. I mean, we, we could go, I, I could sit here for 10 minutes and rattle them all off, but the point is, is they, there are experts who do different things as part of how that technology either gets um, integrated in or how it gets implemented down into a company. And so um, what, what Ingram does really very, very well is we'll partner a lot of them together so that then when they're together as a group, they can deliver the whole solution. Mm-hmm. So we have um, a community that is expert at that. It's called TrustX Alliance. It's a global community of these customers and all these acronym-like companies that, when they partner together, then they can go to a company and deliver either a full customer experience solution end end or a full network and security design. Um, and and so, it's Ingram's role is really to help get find find the right folks for that, partner them together, and then help them go to market.
0: Well, wow. so how many people are in that agency? Because I know in Orange County, list it's the fifth largest. You know that floored me. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be the the 200ish folks that I was mentioning wow. earlier that yeah. are formally a part of that. Um, we do have other folks around the world that play different roles within the agency as well. Wow. Well, but uh, for the most part, most of them are based here in Orange County.
0: Terrific. Yeah. So was it done really? Most most people. I know other companies that have in-house agencies, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it was done for money savings. Was it that, that was that the motivation, or did you feel that you had a special skill that you couldn't get from an agency?
1: It's a couple of reasons. I would say that, you know, one, being a distributor of technology, there's a lot of roles that we play within this industry, and I'd say we're really a business partner. So. Um, I'll, I'll kind of back it up a sec just to put some perspective. We're a bank. You know, we provide a tremendous amount of capital. I think the number that's in that stat sheet is, is $5 billion of capital that helps to finance these companies, whether we're partnering them together to go to market or these, these big companies looking for partners to take their technology to market. We also provide a lot of technical support and resources. So marketing was just a natural extension of what we could do as a business partner to these companies. And like I said, in the last three to four years, it's become just really incumbent upon those those companies to brand themselves and put some better storytelling around who they are and what they do. So we just saw a natural connection with that. And we our tagline with agencying your micro is um, the tech world through creative eyes. You mm-hmm. and actually helped coin that Um, and it's because we sit in the midst of all this technology and all these companies and we understand those acronyms so you know a company can hire us in this space and we don't have to spend a lot of time getting up to speed we're there we just need to spend time understanding who they are what they need from us and then how we can help them uh, take that that project to where that they want it to go
0: now um, but uh, do you also have Do you work with any other agencies?
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: Do you? Oh yeah. So uh, uh, other advertising agencies, out of, We do.
1: We work with digital agencies. We work with uh, video um, crews. We, we crews. We do a lot of video. We do, um, you know, lots of uh, uh, different kinds of display ads. I mean, we work. We have a lot that we do in house mm-hmm. because we've built a really expert team who can do a lot and have a lot of talent. Yeah. But there are also cases where some of our project base will stream up to, I mean, we do on average, it's gonna be a little mind-blowing, but 400 projects a month on average that we'll do. Wow, and that can go up to <laughs> that's seven. A,
0: that's a long status <laughs> meeting, isn't it's it? It's crazy, <laughs> Like two days long.
1: It, it. I don't know how how we manage that, but we do. And you know, obviously, some are very small, and some are quite large. But sure. Um, you know, we'll, we'll span up to seven hundred creative projects out uh, in some months that we've got a lot of things going on, and we can't do all that ourselves. So we pull in folks um, when we have you know peak times. Um, we also do a little over 1,700 events every year. Wow. That's just in the US and Canada. So um, so we're, you know, we've got a lot of events companies and, and folks that we work with through our events team as well.
0: So I'm sure that you're know, like every other client, you get solicited a lot by agencies or other companies. Yeah. What do you find, do you just delete all of those because, <laughs> you know, do you ever look at them or? What, what gets what gets noticed, you know? Because obviously there's agencies watching this, and they, you know that new yeah. business is so important to agencies. So how do they get to Jennifer?
1: Well, I, I guess I'm not the contact person. Right. So my recommendation would be is to do some networking and find out who within the team really owns and is responsible for that area of expertise that that agency has. Ewan Pigeon is is obviously responsible for all of our creative, um, you know, work. Dennis Krupe uh, runs our agency and runs all of the work that we do outside of Ingram Micro. Um, there's other folks who have different responsibilities on the team, and, and everybody likes to come to me, so I get sure. a lot of email every day, but I don't know what to do with all of that because, you know, I'm not the person necessarily making those decisions, and right. so it's, it would, I guess my recommendation would be do a little bit of research and find out who to connect with. Yeah. And then, um, and and more often than not, you're gonna connect in and with Ingram and we've got a lot of work yeah. that we're doing, so.
0: Yeah, we have Michelle Batslake from the UPS stores on here and she says sometimes she picks up the phone, <laughs> but they have, they know nothing about her business. They yeah. don't know that it's franchised and there's no relevance, yeah. you know what? And I think that that's what you were trying to say. Is, is it, do the research, you have to have relevance, you have to have credibility, and then you can maybe get some traction.
1: It is, and in, in defense of all of those folks that are out there trying to pitch that business, I, I was there, I did that, and yeah. it's tough, you know, and I think, you know, it's tough just hearing no or having somebody hang up on you and all that good stuff, but yes. I think spending the time to really do a little bit of background research it will save so much time and headache in the front end.
0: Do you think, uh, uh, this is kind of a stupid question because we know the answer, but do you know, is it easier or harder to be a marketer these days? I I, I don't know how you can keep up with it. You know, there's so many, I heard like, autumn. Uh, You know uh, technology tools or platforms you know like there's 7500 of them that involve advertising you know so how do you keep how do you uh is it harder for you and how do you keep up with it
1: i think it's a great question actually i don't know that it's harder or easier it's it's um it's definitely you know there is a span of of different tools and ways that you can do marketing and so my view of it right now is is sort of the old meets the new. Um, so what I mean by that is, I, I mentioned storytelling, number sure. one best practice for B2B, right? That's that's old. That's an sure. old art, right? right? And and how you know really understanding the customer is an old art, but it's being married with new when you introduce AI. We've we've been playing around with some AI to really understand who we're working with, what they care about, you know, from a sentiment standpoint, and also um, aggregating all kinds of data that come at us from different databases and different points. So So that we really, yeah, Mm -hmm. so we understand. So that's new. And then all this MarTech that's been created, that's the technology industry, you know, at work here. We, We love to create tools. And I think, you know, we're at a point where We're at sort of like that awkward teenage years of MarTech, you know, (laughs) there's so many of them out there and some of them do different things and it is difficult. Even the best companies are having a hard time choosing the right tools for the right practices. So my recommendation really is to understand what you're trying to achieve and don't get overly, um, you know, don't, don't go all in on all the tools because there's just a point where you can't manage it all. Right. It's better to, to actually use the tools that you have and really understand them before adding a lot more tools and we've learned that the hard way. We had a lot of tools that we were using and different analytical tools and we've kind of you know pulled that back and just stayed focused on some ones that we're using and really make sure the team's trained yeah. and comfortable with using those things.
0: So you know, you market in Canada. You mentioned in Mexico yeah. and Latin America. You know, you're, you're sitting in Orange County. How do you know the market nuances? Is it your f- people on the ground? You know, yeah. you know. Obviously, in Canada, lang- well, you have language differences in Mexico. You've got Quebec, and you know different ways that people do business. So, how do you step on that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you have great people who really know the markets, and you know, we. There was a phrase that was termed, I think it was McKinsey, or one of the, the top um, analytical firms, it's called it Glocal. So it's, you know, how do you, what? Glocal. Glocal. So it's, so it's global in really the scope of maybe an umbrella message, and uh, you know, your brand promise, and what you're really trying to deliver out there, but you localize it, and making sure that it connects with the markets locally that you're working with, and that there's also, you know, back to relationships, you know, understanding sort of who you're marketing to and what they care about most. And mm-hmm. that isn't the same, you know, even even within a country, it's not the same, let alone across countries or across regions.
0: Sure. So how do you keep up with change when you're on when, on, when you're on a plane, do you bring, you know, the suitcase of stuff to read or how do you how do you keep up with change?
1: It's you know, I don't know that you ever do. I think it's, it's just like work and life, you know? It's a constant balance of understanding, you know, what's new. Um, I do a lot of reading. Um, I talk to a lot of really great people and, and understand from their perspective what's happening, what fits well with our business. We, again, we have a great team who all bring, you know, I, I'm a big believer in diversity of team, of people. And bringing in people from different perspectives, different points of view, um, so well, that we're diversity, considering
0: diversity. In, in what way? In oh. all ways, yeah. you know.
1: And, and um, you know, diversity in terms of lots of women, lots of men, in terms of people from all different um, cultures, from sure. different points of view, backgrounds. Yeah. You know, um, and having you know a way to be able to build out our team so that you know, we're not all kind of thinking the same way. And encouraging our team to challenge each other and to, you know, try new things. Um, we've we've tried, we've gone and failed a lot in trying new things and we've also succeeded, you know, tremendously. But just allowing that space for people to try things out and go for it is important.
0: Well, thanks for coming this morning. Yeah, I've really, really learned a lot and I appreciate it. Uh, you coming in and uh, it's great to catch up.
1: Thanks Hank. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you.